Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. To go where too few have gone before. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net, thewebalchemist.net, empoweredmanifestation.com, on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. And Today is the 17th of July, 2021. I love that number, 17. We all know what it refers to. And the title of today's show is Arizona Audit, Dems Panic, More Censorship, and Bears. So I'm going to start with the Arizona Audit, which is absolutely... Uh, made Demo- Democrat heads explode this week when there was the um, hearing held in the Arizona Senate. This was held on Thursday, and there have been numerous articles on the subject. I've actually got quite a lot of articles to cover on this. Um, I also want to cover what has been triggered in terms of other demands for forensic audit as a result of what was shared at the hearing and I'm going to use Praying Medic's article because this is not only reporting what was said at the hearing but also the significance of these findings and it's titled What We Learned from the Maricopa Audit Hearing at prayingmedic.com and this was uh, published yesterday After the November 2020 general election, the Arizona State Senate voted to conduct a forensic audit of the election in the state's largest county, Maricopa. Initially, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors agreed to cooperate with the Senate, but a few weeks later, they refused to provide ballots, tabulation machines, electronic data and other election-related materials. The Senate issued a subpoena containing a list of items to be turned over for the audit. The county challenged the subpoena, but it was upheld by the Arizona Supreme Court twice. In April 2021, the county finally shipped some of the subpoenaed material to Veterans Coliseum in Phoenix, and the audit commenced. Yesterday, in a public hearing, the private companies contracted to perform the audit gave a status update to the Senate. No one knew what to expect. As far as we knew, there would not be a preliminary report of findings, and yet the hearing was scheduled to last two hours. And there's a link to the video of the hearing in the article. During the hearing, information was provided about obstacles that are preventing the contractors from from finishing their work. Much of that has to do with materials that are being withheld by the county. In the process of informing the Senate about these issues, many unofficial findings were made public. What follows is a summary of that information as it was disclosed by individuals involved in the audit. Ken Bennett Ken Bennett serves as the liaison between the Arizona Senate and the audit contractors. According to him, Maricopa County provided a digital file saying it contained ballot envelope signature images. The audit team says the file contained no images. The parties involved have communicated on this matter, but it remains unresolved. Why it matters? Ballot envelope signatures are matched electronically with known signatures of voters to verify that a ballot was cast legally. Having envelope images showing signatures is necessary to verify that this task was done correctly. 
Bennett also noted that Maricopa County has not provided accounting information or chain of custody documents for unused ballots and ballot stock, paper from which ballots are printed. This is important because unused ballots could be illegally filled out and included in the vote tabulation. Ballot stock paper could be used to print phony ballots. If a ballot has been damaged, if it is sent electronically, as is the case with military ballots, or if it is a braille ballot, it must be duplicated so it can be electronically tabulated. All ballots that are duplicated are required by state law to have a unique serial number for tracking and verification. Bennett said we found thousands of duplicate ballots where serial numbers were not provided. Senate President Karen Fan asked, If there was no serial number on a duplicate ballot, how would we know if it was duplicated one time or ten times? Bennett replied, we wouldn't know. Doug Logan Doug Logan is the CEO of Cyber Ninjas, a firm with expertise in auditing and fraud prevention. In Maricopa County, approximately 2 million ballots were cast. Every ballot was examined using a number of forensic techniques. Logan provided examples of irregularities found when paper ballots were visually inspected. The image below shows a ballot with printing calibration problems. The plus symbol should line up with crosshair as shown in the top part of the image. On this ballot, in the lower part of the image, the plus symbol is located to the left and above the crosshair. Logan said this ballot had a 1900% offset. In some batches, the average offset was 1000%. The worst case was 3000%. Why it matters. Ballots with significant printing offset tend to be rejected by electronic tabulation machines. When a ballot is rejected by a machine, it is usually sent to adjudication, where a poll worker determines the intent of the voter. An alarming rise in ballot adjudication occurred during the 2020 election. For that reason, adjudication is now suspected of being used as a tool to nullify voter intent. Some believe that ballots are intentionally being manipulated to cause rejection and adjudication. Logan said roughly 25,000 original ballots in Maricopa County required duplicates to be made. A spreadsheet is used to track their serial numbers. The image below is taken from one of those spreadsheets. It shows original ballots and their corresponding duplicates grouped together. We would expect to see ballots grouped in pairs of two, one original and one duplicate. But here we see where two original ballots with the same serial number, indicated in the middle column by DSD, had a single duplicate ballot made from them, indicated in the middle column by DUP. Logan had no possible explanation as to why a single duplicate would be made from two different ballots or why two different ballots would have the same serial number. Logan said many ballots had issues with ink bleeding through the paper, as shown in the image below. Bleed through can cause a ballot to be rejected. The county says its printers use thick, vote-secure paper, which limits bleed through. Cyber Ninjas found many ballots printed on very thin paper stock. Ballots printed the day of the election at voting centres had the worst problems. More than 168,000 ballots were affected. Logan reported on suspicious numbers found while examining the county's voter rolls. 3,981 people voted in November despite the fact that they registered after the October 15th registration deadline. 11,326 people voted who were not found on voters' rolls on November the 7th, 2020, but were found on voter rolls a month later on December the 4th. 18,000 people voted and were removed from the voter rolls immediately following the election. 74,243 mail-in ballots were cast that had no documentation of being mailed out. According to Logan, voter roll anomalies affected more than 107,000 ballots. 
The standard approach to addressing voter roll problems is canvassing to verify voter information. The Senate had planned to canvass precincts in Maricopa County, but the Department of Justice said they would interpret such activity as voter intimidation. As a result, canvassing has been put on hold. Ben Cotton Ben Cotton is a CEO of Cypher, a cybersecurity firm assisting in the audit. Maricopa County claims that auditors may have sabotaged voting machines during the audit. Not wanting to risk using compromise machines, they will not take possession of the ones turned over to auditors. On Wednesday, the Maricopa Board of Supervisors authorised an additional $2.9 million to lease new equipment from Dominion Voting Systems for future elections. Ben Cotton explained that none of this was necessary. Right block software was used to prevent auditors from changing data or machine configurations. Not a single bit of data was changed on any machine that was given to us. The Board of Supervisors was made aware of this at the start of the audit. A major bone of contention has been the items not provided by the county as required by subpoena. Cotton listed the most important items not yet received. Router configuration files, router data and Splunk NetFlow data. Cotton said the Maricopa Election Management System Windows Security Event Log is restricted by a data limit. It deletes older entries as new ones are made. At present, his team can only view activities dating back to February 5, 2021. Older data was purged on March 11, 2021, when in a single day, 37,646 queries using blank passwords were made. Arizona Representative Mark Fincham suspects it may have been done intentionally to hide incriminating data since a large number of new queries would cause older data to be overwritten. Cotton said if the Splunk logs were made available, he could identify which users made these queries. At present, his team is unable to access data from the November election time frame. Cotton noted that the most recent software update to the Maricopa election management system was in August of 2019 when the system first went into operation. There have been no security patches, operating system or antivirus updates since then. By ignoring security updates, the county has made the system vulnerable to hacking. Cotton said it would take a hacker less than 10 minutes to gain system level access. The county has refused to provide routers used during the election, claiming that law enforcement agencies use the same routers and sensitive data would be exposed. Cotton debunked that claim, pointing out that routers do not store such data. They retained data related to sending and receiving internet traffic, specifically IP and MAC addresses. This information is not law enforcement sensitive, but it could prove embarrassing if it was unauthorised. Another source of frustration is the county's refusal to turn over passwords that allow administrative administrative level access to the system. The county claims it does not have administrative access and that Dominion performs all administrative duties. Dominion claims the county does have administrative access. Cotton wondered how Maricopa County could independently verify its system configurations if only Dominion employees had administrative access. His team found that all administrative accounts shared the same password and that loan password was created on the initial system startup and has not been changed since. The hearing concluded with a review of 17 missing items that are needed to complete the audit, many of which have been subpoenaed. The list includes router data, Splunk logs, hardware tokens, ballot envelope images, chain of custody documents and portable media. Understandably, people are frustrated at the county's refusal to fully cooperate. Some are calling for immediate arrests. The Senate has a plan and it takes into consideration public perception, both perception of the Senate itself and perception of the auditors. The mainstream media has portrayed the audit as a clown show and the auditors as tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. 
Anyone watching the hearing would see this characterisation as absurd. The auditors displayed professionalism, congeniality and no hint of partisanship. It's impossible to overstate the importance of the lack of partisanship by the auditors. The media are trying to convince the public the results of the audit can't be trusted because the auditors are hacks working for Donald Trump. Ken Bennett, Ben Cotton and Doug Logan destroyed that narrative by showing objective indifference toward the outcome. Their focus was on obtaining the materials they need to finish the job. Arizona State Senators have had little to say publicly about the audit until yesterday. Wendy Rogers came out with her guns blazing, calling for Joe Biden electors to be recalled and a new election to be held. I have heard enough with the tens of thousands of ballots mailed without being requested, the over 10,000 people who voted after registering after November 3rd, the failure of Maricopa to turn over the 40% machines, the passwords that Dominion still refuses to turn over, and tens of thousands of unauthorised queries demonstrating how insecure the election was, I call for the Biden electors to be recalled to Arizona and a new election must be conducted. Arizona's electors must not be awarded fraudulently and we need to get this right. Senator Kelly Townsend was at first willing to give the Board of Supervisors more time to cooperate, but after reading their statement following the hearing, she called for the State Attorney General to launch an investigation. Upon seeing this, it is very clear they have no intention in cooperating with the Senate. Therefore, I am asking General Brunovich to open an investigation immediately to look at the adjudicated ballots and missing serial numbers, among other things. And there's a statement from Chairman Jack Sellers on Senate Audit Briefing. He's chair of the Maricopa County Supervisors. It's clear the people hired by Arizona Senate leadership to supposedly bring integrity to our elections are instead just bringing incompetence. At today's briefing, the Senate's uncertified contractors asked a lot of open-ended questions, portraying as suspicious what is actually normal and well-known to people who work in elections. In some cases, they drop bombshell numbers that are simply not accurate. What we heard today represents an alternate reality that has veered out of control since the November general election. Senate leadership should be ashamed they broadcast the half-baked theories of the deep-rigged crowd to the world today. And then there's a video included of Senator Sonny Borelli, his comments after the audit. Um, and the article goes on, it appears as though we're watching a good cop, bad cop movie. Members of the Senate are pushing for aggressive action including a new election, and prosecution of those involved. Meet the bad cops. Karen Fan is playing the good cop. She's exceedingly gracious, always dismissing calls for more aggressive action. The media have tried to paint her as a boot-licking Trump sycophant, but her defence makes these... Her, sorry, her deference makes these accusations melt like provolone cheese in the Arizona sun. Fan must make sure the audit is conducted in a manner that is above reproach and without partisanship. She's doing that and it's why many Trump supporters find her insufferable. It's also why, at some point, many Democrats may find her believable. Fan's goal is to make the audit creditable to as many people as possible. That won't happen if she's screaming for people to be locked up. I think we can now guess how the movie will end. Senator Borelli tipped his hand in this interview. In a nutshell, he basically said that uh, Karen Fan is the diplomat and he is the warrior. And if the Maricopa County supervisors refuse to cooperate, then he will take his wrecking ball. Basically, he'll go after them. So that's very interesting. OK, carrying on. This afternoon, Senator Kelly Townsend made her views a little more clear. Important note, it doesn't matter whether you agreed or not, you need to comply or be indicted. ARS 41-1503 has no caveat to accommodate your approval or opinions. A Maricopa County tweeted fact check, we did not agree to do a forensic audit with uncertified contractors and tagged uh, Karen Fan.
Karen Fan was interviewed after the hearing. When asked what would happen if evidence of criminal activity was found, she said criminal referrals will be made not only to the state's Attorney General, but to Congress. So, very interesting stuff has come out of this audit, and other things have been exposed as well. I'll just cover those now. So we have some other uh, views from Senator Sonny Borelli. This is Gateway Pundit. Arizona State Senator Sonny Borelli on Maricopa County officials. If they continue to defy us, there's another tool in the toolbox. This was published on Thursday at uh, 7.46 p.m. The Arizona Senate audit hearing outlined groundbreaking revelations by auditors of the 2020 election. Audit officials had to be escorted out of the building to protect them from disgruntled leftists who wanted want this audit to stop. And there is a link to um, an article on that subject. After seeing the insane discrepancies outlined by the Arizona Senate audit team at their bombshell hearing, TGP's Jordan Conradson spoke to Arizona State Senator Sonny Borelli. Conradson, so he found out that over 74,000 ballots are missing documentation of ever even being mailed out. Mail-in ballots that were never mailed out to voters. What do you think of that? Borelli. Well, there's either a huge administrative oversight or there's something going on that we need to further investigate. You know, and it's really a shame that the county will not cooperate with us and to be able to answer some of these questions that we have. So it's kind of like, what are you hiding? Are you hiding anything? Are you afraid of what we may find? Or are you afraid of what you know we may find? So when you find these kind of things, they stick out like a sore thumb. We say, hey, we found this. Can you come to the table and help us kind of come to reconciliation to find out what this process is? If there's a flaw in the system, we need to understand what that is so we can prospectively fix that. If it's not a flaw in the system and somebody actually did something and breached the system, we need to find that out too. And it may not be their fault. We're not saying that. But you know what? You, can, you can't run away from that when you see evidence of some kind of wrongdoing. You just can't turn away. You have to try to address it. That's what you're supposed to do as an elected official. That's what we're trying to do as elected officials for us ourselves. The legislature has plenty of authority over elections. We can delegate that authority on the county level, but the overall responsibility falls on us. We are within our total legal purview to inspect and do an audit of just about any election process in the state. So Maricopa County is the largest county. This is where we chose them. And hopefully we thought maybe we obviously calculated wrong with four or five supervisors. Being Republicans, you would think they would get some cooperation. But unfortunately, we're not getting that. So this is still continuing process. There's an update, a briefing of what we've gotten so far. And there's a lot of questions that need to be asked. And so I believe President Fan's going to be reaching out to the county asking for more items that we need to complete the audit. For example, the routers. We still need the routers. We still need the passwords and the hardware tokens. So as to complete the forensic part about the data stuff on the machines. So those are the things we're going to continue to pursue. We're not letting go. We're going to get this done. We're not going to have an incomplete report. This is not going to be an incomplete audit. We have to get all this stuff done. Because if you can't get it done and we find out all this stuff, I mean, how do you certify something with all these questions? So we're going to continue to march and not let go. We're going to get this done for the people, period. Conradson, another example of this, either bad system or intentional error, Senate President Karen Fan said something about maybe 25 ballots coming from one single family home with two people living in it. Why do you think it is that Joe Biden wants to send his goons door to door to knock and vaccine intimidate, but he's afraid to canvass for voter integrity? Borelli, right, right, the Department of Justice did some sabre rattling last month. It says we can't go door to door and canvass an election, which is ridiculous. It is not voter intimidation. Voter intimidation is prior to an election. So if you're asking questions, 
how you're going to vote in the next election for the next candidate, isn't that a poll question? Okay, but after an election, hey, excuse me, sir, did you vote in the last election? Yes. Did you vote by mail or did you vote in person? These are the type of questions. They're not who did you vote for. It's how did you vote in the last election? By the way, do you know these other people that are registered to vote at your address? You don't know them? Did you get a ballot for them in the mail? Why is it that that's somehow voter intimidation, but knocking on someone's door asking their personal health questions, like did you get the COVID vaccine, or other personal health information, somehow that's okay? So the hypocrisy is all over the place, you know? In the Democratic Party platform in 2020, they encourage post-election audits, but now they kind of forget that, So, but that's okay. Is the Democrat D, deflect, distort, distract, deceive, whatever? Conradson, so we know that we need routers and passwords and Splunk logs. We need the Splunk logs. They've requested that the Senate come back with another subpoena. What is the next step after that? Are we going to see enforcement of subpoenas? We'll leave that up to President Fan. She's going to reach out to the county. If she does issue another subpoena, and if they continue to defy us, there's another tool in the toolbox that is ready. I have it already preloaded, ready to launch when we need to do that, but we'll see if we can get this done diplomatically instead of messing around and going to court. The Democrats, including Stephen Richer, pulled the switcheroo and said they're pro-audit, but this is clearly not the case. And there's a link to another article, Maricopa County Recorder Stephen Richer changes his tune, I supported an audit, I'm pro-audit, I'm pro-review, such BS. These subpoenaed materials have still not been received by auditors and new subpoenas will be issued for routers, passwords and Splunk logs in order to finish the full forensic audit. The power to issue a subpoena is useless without the power to enforce them. We can rest assured that the Arizona Senate will enforce the subpoenas. If the county does not comply, there's another tool in the toolbox that is ready to launch at the appropriate time. And so let's hear what a state senator Kelly Townsend has to say. Arizona State Senator Kelly Townsend at Senate hearing, it's a come to Jesus moment. I wouldn't want to cooperate either. And this was again on Thursday and it's Gateway Pundit. Today, the Arizona Senate held a hearing with audit officials and revealed some bombshell findings, including over 74,000 mail-in ballots that have no evidence they were even mailed to a voter and more. The very revealing hearing showed that computer systems could have been hacked, possibly confirmed Sharpiegate, re-emphasized chain of custody issues, and called for new subpoenas for information withheld by Maricopa County. The Gateway Pundit's Jordan Conradson spoke with Arizona State Senator Kelly Townsend after the meeting to get her thoughts on the county's utter failure. Conradson, we heard of the failures by Maricopa County and their election department, missing chain of custody, missing documentation of mail-in ballots, duplicated serial numbers on three or more ballots. It's insane. Can you tell us a little bit about the terrible job done by Maricopa County? Townsend. Okay, well, it's a come to Jesus moment. They're accusing cyber ninjas of not being credible, and you know this information that's going to come out. I'll be very interested to see what their reaction is. But if they're not credible, then come forward with this information and prove them wrong. But instead, they've done nothing but obstruct, deny, distract, and mock us. So the county supervisors and Adrian Fonts and his team. What we heard today, we learned and were not surprised that it was an absolute failure. And it answers the questions as to why they are obstructing. If I were them, I wouldn't want the public to know this information we learned today either. So two choices. Either come forward and help us put all of this to rest. And not on Twitter and not on Facebook or other places. But let's sit down in an actual meeting and work through this like professionals. And if you can't do that, then I'm calling on all of you to resign as county supervisors. And to the public, please, Adrian Fonts is running for Secretary of State. And if you see the information that we learned today under his watch, what does that mean for the future of Arizona? So either it wasn't true what we learned today, 
and you need to come forward and prove us wrong by working with, with us in a professional way or resign, one or the other. Conradson, if Maricopa County officials continue to try to cover up the big lie, what do you foresee will happen to them in the future? Townsend, well, I see indictments in their future if we are able to establish this if we go forward in court. I see perhaps the public coming forward and doing recalls, and at the very least, I don't see them ever winning another election again. It's very sad we didn't have to go through it in this manner, even if none of that was true today. The way that they handled today was a Twitter feed. That's their response to the Arizona State Senate in replying to us on Twitter. And that is not appropriate. That is not a functioning government. That is high school. So bring it up a notch, several notches, and come sit with us and cooperate. Provide the facts. Show us why you don't have logs for these early ballots being mailed out but not requested. Show us why you removed the tens of thousands of people who registered to vote, voted, and then removed them. Show us, show us why you didn't follow the law and put the serial numbers matching the duplicated ballots with each other. Why you took the stamp and put it over the black mark so you can't see the serial number. Show us why you did that. Explain to us why you broke the law. You know, and then throughout this whole entire meeting, I kept talking to my colleagues saying, we had a bill to fix this, and we had a bill to fix this issue. issue. I had a number of bills that would have fixed a lot of these issues. The chain of custody, the duplicated ballots, the bleed through of the permanent markers on the other side, you know, many of these bills. And we had our own colleagues in the Senate that fought us to try and fix these issues, in particular the chairwoman of the government committee, Michelle Ugenti-Rita, who is also running for Secretary of State, needs to explain why she killed good election security bills. It's frustrating, it's frustrating seeing people in our own party and people on the other party just blatantly ignore the law, blatantly killed good election bills, blatantly just act like high school children and actually make a mockery of our election system. What little confidence that Arizonans had in the election system after watching this today must be non-existent. So we have a lot of work to do. We need to fix this. And we need to hold those accountable who broke the law, ignored the law. You know, things like checking signatures to match on the voter registration. You need to check 12 points on that signature with one on file. And they just went down to 10 points and then they went to 8, then the 4 and then to 0. That's what was claimed today. Come forward, county supervisors, and explain to us. Adrian Fonts, if that's not true, prove it. So these things are unacceptable, unacceptable and criminal. Conradson. That's right, in Maricopa County they came back with a stupid tweet, tweeting out some algebra equation, talking about how you need to follow the order of operations to get the correct answer. My response to that is 2 plus 2 equals 4. You add up the totals, you get the total number of ballots. Besides that, why do you think it is that they didn't just cooperate from the beginning and show the Arizona Senate the correct order of operations for counting the ballots? Townsend. If you knew that this was going to come out today, the information that we learned today, if I were them, I wouldn't cooperate either because this is shameful. This is illegal. This is something that should have them indicted, if true, because ultimately the county supervisors are responsible. They did sign and certify. Anyone who signed and certified this election is responsible. So come to the table. Don't put out a tweet. Come to the table and prove us wrong. They're too afraid to come to the table. This is back in the article now. Maricopa County officials know they screwed up. The county had every opportunity to perform this audit with the Senate and protect themselves by protecting our vote. Now they will be held responsible for their non-compliance and obstruction of justice. The final report will be earth-shattering. So as you can imagine, there's lots of articles out there about the, this audit hearing, which I don't have time to go into. But I thought it'd be interesting to just hear what President Trump had to say about it. This is wheelofTrump.com breaking. President Trump releases statement on Arizona audit hearing slamming Maricopa County. President Trump didn't waste time commenting on the new voter fraud revelations coming out of the Arizona audit hearing. 
He has known the truth all along, releasing statements to wake up the sleeping Americans. While encouraging patriots that we are all, we are all in this fight for election integrity together. He begins his statement by asking us a question. Voting system was breached or hacked by who? And it's showing the statement from President Trump about the Arizona State Senate hearing on the Maricopa County election audit. And this is a tweet from L Stack for Trump. And he made this statement after the hearing on Thursday. Arizona Senate hearings on the Maricopa County election audit is devastating news to the radical left Democrats and the Biden administration. While this, according to the Senate, is preliminary, with results being announced at a later date, it seems that 74,243 mail-in ballots were counted with no clear record of them being sent. There were 18,000 voters who were scrubbed from the voter rolls after the election. They also reveal that the voting system was breached or hacked. By who? Very big printer and ballot problems with different paper used, etc. and much more. The irregularities revealed at the hearing today amount to hundreds of thousands of votes or many times what is necessary for us to have won. Despite these massive numbers, this is the state that Fox News called early for a Biden victory. There was no victory here or in any other of the swing states either. Maricopa County refuses to work together with the Senate and others who are merely looking for honesty, integrity and transparency. Why do the commissioners not want to look into this corrupted election? What are they trying to hide? The highly respected state senator Wendy Rogers said in a tweet, the hearing today means we must decertify the election. In any event, the Senate patriots are moving forward with final results to be announced in the not-too-distant future. But based on today's hearing, why even wait? So that's uh, President Trump's response. And of course, that got a lot of um, attacks from the left-wing people who are totally in denial about this uh, fraud, even though the evidence of it stares them in the face. So... I'm going to leave it at that for Arizona and then just quickly go over what's happening in the other states. So let's start with Georgia. This is from westernjournal.com report. Georgia lawmaker calls for investigation of Secretary of State Raffensperger over numerous and documented failures in 2020 election. A state lawmaker reportedly wants to investigate Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger saying there were numerous and documented failures related to the way the 2020 election was conducted. Republican State Senate Burt Jones, who serves on the Senate Govern Government Oversight Committee, reportedly wants Committee Chairman Senator Marty Harbin to summon Raffensperger to testify under oath, according to a letter obtained by the Washington Examiner. In the Thursday letter, Jones said the depth and breadth of allegations about the contest and the recent revelation that nearly 200 ballots were scanned twice in Fulton County mean the election cannot simply be consigned to the past. Trusted, transparent and secure elections are the bedrock of our democracy. As the head of our elections in Georgia, the buck stops with the Secretary of State and our citizens deserve answers to these questions and to have their faith in the, our electoral process restored, he wrote. I am confident that a thorough investigation of Secretary Raffensperger's actions will provide the accountability and clarity surrounding the 2020 election that the citizens of this great state deserve. And another thing relating to Georgia, just a quick mention of this, I'm not going to go through the whole article. This is Gateway Pundit, breaking voter GA releases explosive new report. Fulton County, Georgia recount included 60% error reporting rate, thousands of fraudulent Biden votes. This was from July 13th. On Monday night, Garland Favorito, the founder of the election integrity group voter GA, announced he will hold a press conference on Tuesday morning. Voter GA will review highlights of its amended ballot inspection complaint and provide proof that election fraud occurred in the November 2020 election. So I'll leave the rest of that, but it looks like it's pointing towards another um, 
forensic audit happening in Georgia. And then we have other, other states as well that are calling for a forensic audit. We've got Epoch Times reporting, actually this morning, Wisconsin lawmaker calls for full forensic audit after Georgia and Arizona updates. A Wisconsin representative on Friday said 2020 election reviews being done in the state should be expanded into a full forensic audit following alleged irregularities being revealed in Arizona and Georgia. State Representative Timothy Ramthan, a Republican, formally requested a more comprehensive audit from former State Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman, who is leading a conduct who is conducting a review of the election at the behest of Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, along with retired police officers and the Legislative Audit Bureau, which lawmakers authorized earlier this year to investigate the election. And then we have North Carolina Republicans pushing to audit voting machines for illegal modems. The heat is getting turned up all over the country for the left. Despite their best efforts, more and more people are raising questions about the validity of the presidential elections. Rightly so. And this is from WeLoveTrump.com again. The Arizona audit has uncovered mountains of evidence pointing to widespread fraud and corruption. There are countless hearings being held by Democrats to cut this new evidence off before it has a chance to hold election officials accountable. And there's a tweet here from Maricopa, Arizona audit. The main reason the forensic audit is taking two and a half months is because Maricopa County supervisors and recorder have obstructed the audit and refused to cooperate. The fact that the left is getting so emotional and vocal means that we are closer to blowing the lid off of their entire twisted plan. One state that has joined the front lines of fighting against truth and transparency is North Carolina. News outlet Wavy has more on this. Republicans in the conservative North Carolina House Freedom Caucus want to get an inside look at state voting machines, they say, to clear up myths that they could be connected to the Internet during an election. But the North Carolina Board of Elections denied the request and wants the lawmakers to trust the state's vetting process. In the fashion of most corrupt people in power, election officials refuse to be accountable by allowing for an audit of their voting machines. Keep in mind, audits were never a problem before the 2020 election. So again, I'm not going to read the rest. That's a pretty long article and um, I want to move on to other things that have been happening this week. We've also got Pennsylvania, um, a county there refuses to submit voting machines for audit after a warning from Democratic official that was restrict, sorry, resist the mainstream. And of course, Trump was very critical of Joe Biden flying up to Pennsylvania because he's wanting to put a spanner in the works over the, a forensic audit that is being proposed there as well. But that's not surprising because they know they lost. So I just want to touch on this increasing censorship that's happening. And it relates to how Jen Psaki had announced at a press briefing that uh, the White House was working with the social media platforms to censor material that they considered to be misinformation. Very interesting. And she was also saying that if anybody is banned from one platform, they should be banned from all of them. And then we hear that um, the proposal is to track SMS messages to flag when people are, are sharing misinformation again. And this relates very much to the election fraud and, of course, to the vaccine situation. So there's actually a commentary from... Uh, it's a Technofog substack from the reactionary. Um, the new orthodoxy jurisdiction over your thoughts. Question the government and retaliation will be swift. Let's start with a principle that civil government has zero jurisdiction over thought. Let us also recognise that this isn't just about what they perceive to be the truth. It's about power over what can be said. Their problem is that the truth is an ever-fixed mark. While they cannot transform the truth, the truth by its very nature is unchanging. They circumvent this limitation by exercising power over what can be said. 
This gives the impression that what can be said is what is supposed to be said, and that what is prohibited must certainly be false, not by the merits of the claim, but whether the claim is allowed to be communicated or researched or even debated. This is how falsehoods win over the truth, and how politics corrupts it all. Reporting on studies of vaccine effectiveness, even by the inventor of the mRNA technology used in some COVID vaccines, are banned from YouTube. Medical experts and scientists who present evidence and arguments contrary to government-approved thoughts are silenced. It seems the only authorised information on these platforms is that which is approved by the CDC, FDA and other local health authorities. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, expressing the position of the Biden administration, called for Americans to be banned from all social media platforms if they dare think for themselves and disagree with science. The US Surgeon General demands consequences against those who discuss what he considers to be misinformation, with a particular emphasis to target live streams. How paternalistic, as if Americans cannot think or reason for themselves and need bureaucrats to do it for them. But it goes further than that. They're worried that you might start thinking dangerously if you start thinking for yourself. Or are they trying to get in front of something that might be bad? Anyway, this is concerning teamwork between public and private with the CDC and other governmental agencies and officials setting out the guidelines of what we may think and the platforms banning those who believe different. It is government-sanctioned punishment of thought. Question the government and the retaliation will be swift. One would think that this position requires social media companies assume the government is telling the truth. That might be the case. It might also be that these platforms understand the government as a whole is the most egregious purveyor of lies in America. The smart folks in Silicon Valley likely understand the CDC's record on COVID is particularly poor, with misrepresentations on masks and lies about outdoor transmission. For example, the CDC misled the public when it announced less than 10% of COVID-19 transmission occurred outdoors. The real number seems to be below 1% and maybe below 0.1%. Deceit through a technical truth. This then becomes about controlling the message to control the public, regardless of what may be true. Making this more nefarious is the fact that the government itself has an interest in silencing debate and criticism as it funded gain-of-function research and thus might bear responsibility for the creation of COVID-19. They would make themselves as gods. They gave us a plague and strike us down for blasphemy. So let's just look at the this week's report on the number of deaths and uh, adverse reactions uh, on the VAERS website. This is childrenshealthdefence.org and it was published yesterday. Nearly 11,000 deaths after COVID vaccines reported to CDC as FDA adds new warning to J&J vaccine. Now it's interesting because there are commentators suggesting that Um, there is great support for Pfizer and Moderna vaccines and they warrant warnings about blood clotting and all the other side effects but for some reason they're not having to put a warning which is in itself very suspicious. Anyway, to continue, VAERS data released today by the CDC showed a total of 463,457 reports of adverse events from all age groups following COVID vaccines, including 10,991 deaths and 48,385,000 serious injuries between December 14, 2020 and July 9, 2021. Data released today by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, included 463,457 reports of injuries and deaths across all age groups following COVID vaccines, an increase of more than 25,000 compared with the previous week. The data comes directly from reports submitted to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, the primary government-funded system for reporting adverse vaccine reactions 
in the US. And it goes on to say that the increase in the number of deaths was up 1,943 over the previous week. And another article that I read said that basically that's greater than the number of people who died of COVID. So we've got more people dying because of the vaccine than of the COVID-19 scandemic itself. In terms of the adverse events, um, we've got anaphylaxis, we've got myocarditis and pericarditis, we've got blood clotting, um, cardiac arrest, and that was just the data for the 12 to 17-year-olds. And then we've got a breakdown of the deaths for all age groups. 23% of deaths were related to cardiac disorders. 50% of those who died were male. 45% were female. The remaining reports didn't include gender. Average age of death was 75. As of July 9th, 2,857 pregnant women reported adverse events related to COVID vaccines, including 1,072 reports of miscarriage or premature birth. Um, 5,049 cases of Bell's palsy, 63% attributed to Pfizer, 35% to Moderna and 5% to J&J. 445 reports of Guillain-Barre syndrome, 51% of cases attributed to Pfizer, 37% to Moderna and 17% to J&J. 127,421 reports of anaphylaxis, 48% attributed to Pfizer's vaccine, 45% to Moderna and 7% to J&J. 9,471 reports of blood clotting disorders, 4,998 reports were attributed to Pfizer, 2,845 reports to Moderna, and 1,582 reports to J&J. 1,991 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis with 1,336 cases attributed to Pfizer, 599 cases to Moderna and 52 cases to J&J's COVID vaccine. So it's interesting that J&J, as I said, are getting these warnings but the biggest culprit in all of this seems to be Pfizer. And they're just allowed to continue on regardless. And the, even though we've got all these adverse reactions and deaths, Moderna is launching COVID vaccine trials for pregnant women. And anybody who is pregnant who agrees to this really needs the head reading because it is, well, medical criminality in my opinion, to, to actually test this on pregnant women when there have already been so many adverse reactions to the vaccine by pregnant women who have stupidly taken the shot, um, including miscarriages, of course, and stillbirths. Shocking. So there's one or two other pieces of news I'd just like to briefly cover before the end of the show. Of course, we've had this uh, fiasco of the runaway Texans. These are the Democratic uh, representatives from Texas who all got on a chartered flight to D.C. to prevent a quorum in the vote in the Senate on the um, election bill to tighten up the election rules, voter ID, of course. And they were all sitting on the plane with no masks. Uh, they were made fun of because there was a case of Miller Lite beer on one of the seats. And basically, they've had so much pushback from Twitter for this ridiculous act and also for the crazy videos that they put out about how they're doing such wonderful things in the name of um, democracy and... Uh, it's just a complete fiasco. And I believe the Senate went ahead and managed to introduce a measure that enabled them to vote and they passed the bill. So it was all fruitless. 
And then we have Biden's stance on Cubans. Um, you know, we've got these um, prote protests happening in Cuba. And ridiculously, Jen Psaki announced that it was due to a lack of vaccines and health care when, of course, they were protesting against the communist government and the oppression. Um, and Biden made an announcement that any Cubans who try to flee to the US will not be allowed in, which is extremely hypocritical given that he's opened the southern border to all these uh, Central American refugees without a question. And of course, the people that are fleeing Cuba to get away from communism are going to vote for the Republicans. They're not going to vote for Democrats that are trying to introduce the same regime that they're getting away from in Cuba. So, of course, that's why they want these open borders from the south is so that all those coming in and getting fast track to citizenship and all sorts of free benefits are going to vote for the democrats but they don't want cuban refugees coming in and voting republican it's as plain as the nose on your face so the next thing which is rather ironic and biblical in a way is a George Floyd mural was struck by lightning and completely destroyed it. And people are saying, well, of course, why would you put up a mural um, to celebrate a convicted criminal? And so perhaps God did step in and eradicate it. And somebody else put something out saying, how about you strike the bronze uh, statue of Floyd as well, which I don't think we would have a problem with at all. They're taking down all the statues of people who actually did some good in the world and putting up statues and memorials to criminals. It, the world is topsy-turvy at the moment. Then we have some interesting information that came out about John McAfee's supposed suicide. His wife posted on Twitter that... The suicide note that was supposedly in his pocket, A, wasn't a suicide note. It looked like he was kind of roughing out a tweet. And she questioned the handwriting and also the fact that if it was in his pocket, why were there no crease marks in it? So the plot thickens on that. Uh, we've had more um, documents released in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. Um, Fox News apparently is analysing all of those. I don't have any detail to give on that. Some of it is exchanges between um, the lawyers during her questioning it, and it related to the civil case that Virginia Gouffray uh, filed against her. And then we have more coming out on Hunter Biden. I mean, one of the things that people are up in arms about is the fact that he's putting on this exhibition charging between 75000 and a half a million dollars for his paintings and that the, the buyers of the paintings uh, identities are going to be withheld. So of course everybody is saying this is just another case of money laundering and Joe Biden uh, benefiting from his son's activities and then we've got Breitbart putting out an article uh, this was 12th so that would have been Monday Peter Schweitzer our copy of Hunter Biden's laptop confirms Joe Biden was a direct beneficiary of his son's deals and we know that from emails that were released and of course the um, there's no denial that this is his laptop, even though they're trying to ignore it and, of course, suppress this news. And there's also news that the investigation of Hunter Biden was deliberately concealed leading up to the election. Of course, we know all that because it would have had a detrimental effect on um, voter choice as far as Biden is concerned. And we also heard last week that a copy of the laptop 
has been given to Senator Grassley. So the more copies that are out, and particularly when given to lawmakers, is really putting more pressure on this investigation being taken seriously and actually, hopefully, getting to a legal outcome. Although we know that the FBI has been has had a copy of the laptop for probably two years now, I think, and has seemed to have done nothing at all. So we'll have to wait and see what comes from that. So that's everything. Obviously, great news from an election point of view. And remember, the precedent of fraud vitiates everything. And potentially, if the Arizona completed audit shows without any shadow of a doubt that there was that this was fraudulent potentially it could invalidate the whole election across all the states so i'm looking forward to hearing the latest from that um but no time left today <laughs> so i'd like to thank you for listening i hope you've enjoyed the show um just a reminder that you can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net, and empoweredmanifestation.com. And I do hope you'll join me for another cosmic reality, sorry, cosmic creating show next week on cosmic reality. And I'm sure there'll be lots more to share. And thank you, Nancy, for producing. And I will see you next week. Bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.